0: Hey what's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bringing the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Voger, Derek Larger here with you. Derek it's been a minute man. I know the summer's crazy with everything going on but uh, how have you been?
1: Oh not too bad man. You know still trying to lose the weight and most people know that on this channel already but uh, doing yeah. really well and uh, you know I'm just this is just unfortunately the part of the year where it's just not a whole lot to talk about unfortunately when it comes to Sports in general, unless you're a baseball channel or you know maybe a uh, a a hockey person at the end of the year, but other than that, you know, there's not really a whole lot to talk about right now. But uh, glad we're able to get a video out here.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned you know losing that weight. Was it like 27 pounds or something like that so far? Yeah, it's about 25. Yeah, so 25 far. Yep. Wow, yep, two months. That's amazing, man. That's so cool to hear. That's awesome. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it. We're kind of in the dead zone right now in terms of content. The Colts really. There's been no news really outside of the Colts beyond, you know, potentially uh, with stuff with with training camp being open. Hopefully, we'll get down to a lot of those this this uh, in July, August. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get down there a lot more um, than we had even in 2019. So really looking forward to that, but that's still you know a little over a month away. So mm-hmm. there's still some content though that we can talk about, right? And this is kind of the... The point in the offseason where we really start diving into some series right and so we've looked at different positions already at the quarterback and the running back position had Lawrence on a few days ago to look at the running back position I thought today we could look at a position that there's a lot more guys that we can talk about right there's a lot more unknown at this wide receiver position as opposed to the running backs and the quarterbacks are pretty cut and dry wide receivers is a lot more question marks maybe not at the beginning, like we kind of have an idea, but maybe near the back end of the rosters, a lot of guys potentially vying um, for the number four, number five uh, wide receiver position. So, Derek, we can start with the guys that we feel you know pretty much are going to be your top three. We'll start with the number one guy as it stands right now, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, the veteran. I thought we had to start there. He's been on the Colts ever since being drafted in 2012, um, has been really I would argue um, one of the most underrated receivers at his position ever since he's been with Indianapolis Mm -hmm. Uh, led the league one year in, in uh, yardage and has just been overall considering all the situations and all the different quarterbacks that he's had to deal with, especially after Andrew Luck's retirement. um, He's, he's been such a professional about it. Right. And he's just been such a great leader for this locker room. So you know, I think the the bring TY home movement just summed up how much he means to this Colts fan base and this Colts organization. Um what are your overall thoughts on TY Hilton and just what he brings to this Colts locker room on and off the field?
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the right on the head there when you talked about how ever since being in the league, you know, TY Hilton many many years has been a top 10 wide receiver in the league but just never really gets recognized for that. I mean, he was consistently one of the guys that was always being top 10 in yardage every single year and just nobody talked about him. And like you said, the year that he did win the yardage title, when it came to receiving yards, nobody even knew it was him. Everyone just assumed it was Julio or it was Hopkins or it was, you know, OBJ or something like that. But no, it was T.Y. Hilton. And, you know, I mean, he's still that kind of guy to this day. You know, people continued to bash T.Y. Hilton because they said, oh, you know, he's a 32-year-old wide receiver. He's been nothing since Andrew Luck left. I mean, I just don't understand where those stipulations come from. You know, last year, at the beginning of the year, obviously was not like himself. Had a really, really bad start to the year. And then once the Texans game came around, In week 10. And from that point on, T.Y. Hilton reminded you that he was still T.Y. Hilton and he still had a lot of competitive fire in him. You know, this is a guy that can still play in a multitude of different ways on the offense. And, you know, I think it's one of those things now where he is getting to the point where we have some other receivers here where he may not be on the field every single play now because. You know, you talk about guys like Pittman and Pascal who can run block so much better than T.Y. Hilton can. So Mm -hmm. you see times where T.Y. is not on the field anymore. He's not more of an all-down wide receiver anymore because, you know, he is getting older and his impact on those kinds of plays isn't there anymore. But nevertheless, I mean, this guy still is a guy that can go out and get you 50, 60 catches in a year, can still go and get you anywhere from 600 to to probably a thousand yards, give or take, depending on how his season starts out. I mean, this guy's still got it. You know, he's still a good competitive wide receiver. You know, we look for somebody at an eventual time to take over the number one spot. But even still a veteran guy with a lot of leadership and somebody that can still go out and get you a hundred yard receiving game whenever he wanted to. I mean, that's still a good wide receiver to have.
0: Absolutely, and if he gets, to believe it's 640 yards this season, he will be only the third Colts wide receiver to ever do so. The other two, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, two uh, Hall of Fame type of guys, right? Yeah, pretty so, much. D.Y. Hilton has been um, – his career with Indianapolis has been absolutely fantastic, and just everything that he's done. And you look at Reggie Wayne and, and Marvin Harrison, and, and obviously those two guys are, are fantastic You know, some of the best to ever play. Mm -hmm. But they played with Peyton freaking Manning for how many years? And, you know, T.Y. Hilton has played with so many different quarterbacks. I think that's why I have such a massive respect for T.Y. Hilton. Even though he may never surpass Marvin or Reggie from a yardage standpoint, he's also played with probably five times the amount of quarterbacks, had a lot of instability really ever since Andrew Luck got hurt the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, He's had that instability with different quarterbacks and he's still, you know, obviously hasn't been like absolutely on fire. Like he hasn't been a th- consistent a thousand yard without those guys. But, but yeah, I mean, overall he's just been ap- the absolute pros pro man. He really has to steal a cliche there from, from Chuck, good old Chuck Pagano. Mm-hmm. Um, he absolutely has. And I think he deserves all that credit. For never complaining, never really uh, bashing. You know, I know he had the one thing years ago when the offensive line was just getting killed, but like he's never complained. Man, he has mm-hmm. never complained about that, and he's just been so consistent with Indianapolis and um, in what he does and how he leads these other guys, right? Like the Paris Campbell, the Michael Pittman, and I think it's just it was so invaluable to get him back for another season. Maybe it is just for one more season. But you know, it just made my heart feel good to to see number thirteen in the Colts uniform at least for one more year, and hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, he can finish out his career with Indianapolis. I think that's that's one thing that they you know seems like the Colts and Ty Hilton mutually want that to happen. So hopefully, that does happen for him. And like Marvin and Reggie, he can finish out his career with Indianapolis. Right. All right. Um, Let's move on to some other receivers. The Colts have some pretty good young receivers that we feel uh, pretty good from a production standpoint. We think they can do a lot. Obviously, the the next two guys we'll look at, there's different situations for both of them. First guy is Michael Pittman Jr. was a rookie last year. Really early second-round pick there from Indianapolis. I thought all things considered, Derek, he had a pretty good year, um, especially considering missing, I believe it was three games, with that leg syndrome. Um, it was kind of a freak injury type of thing, had some inconsistencies, wasn't really like huge force at certain points. It feels like the second half of the season, he really started to, to get going with building that chemistry with Phillip Rivers. And then obviously you point to that Buffalo game where he at, where he was the best receiver on the Colts that day. Mm-hmm. And I think all signs are pointing up for a guy like Michael Pittman. He's six, four, nearly 230 pounds. He's got the speed. He's got the size um, I think just now a lot of people think he could potentially ascend and even surpass this season, T.Y. Hilton, for the mantle of the number one receiver for Indianapolis. What are your thoughts on a guy like Michael Pittman and potentially his leap from year one to year two?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's talking about, right? I mean, he could be one of those guys that takes a major leap from year one to year two due to the fact that again you know just like Jonathan Taylor who we all kind of said you know give props to Jonathan Taylor for figuring it out later in the season because you know he didn't have a training camp just like Jonathan Taylor didn't have a uh, early training camp didn't have the mini camps didn't have the chance to get in the building and throw ar- and run around with those guys right? I mean, and with a new quarterback and didn't have time to figure it out. You know, it's one of those situations where you come into the season, you're, you're trying to figure it out so early and it's really hard, especially for a rookie to get used to the kind of speed and level of competitiveness that the NFL is when you tell everybody you need to stay home until practically the season starts. So, you know, just like anybody else, I figured that was going to have an impact and You know, it took him halfway through the season to finally get comfortable with who he was as a player and how he was performing. And then he finally started getting really good. And we definitely think his numbers can get better and better. I mean, the way they're able to use him, and he's not just a deep threat anymore, that's kind of what we anticipated him being. But ironically enough, that wasn't even what he was last year. A lot of his plays were actually making plays after the catch catching the ball 5, 10 yards down the field. So honestly, he made more of his plays and underneath plays than he did from going over 40 yards down the field. But now you feel confident in a guy like Carson Wentz, who has the ability now to throw the ball more consistently down the field, threaten you with that, and allow Pittman to potentially do something with that. Um, I mean, the potential is through the roof with Michael Pittman. I really enjoyed seeing what he was able to bring last year and knowing how much he could have had, but was very close to a couple of big plays, especially in that Buffalo game. I I think that a lot more is coming for Michael Pittman as he starts to try to rein into being the number one receiver for this team.
0: I just think of you mentioned Carson Wentz. That was a good point I was going to bring up, but I just look at a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who just a frack, just a little bit smaller than Michael Pittman. He was six three, nearly two twenty, so very similar in body type. Though I look at his twenty seventeen season when Carson Wentz, if you remember, was playing the you know the best football out of any quarterback for thirteen weeks, and Alshon Jeffrey uh, got targeted one hundred and twenty times in that year. <laughs> And he had nine receiving touchdowns. So we know now seeing the big body wide receivers, how much Carson Wentz likes to use them, especially in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that could really, uh, that that's something I think he, you touched on, but I think that's something that Pittman, that's the next step for him. We've seen what he can do with the crossers. We know how good he is there, but you know, what about the stuff we saw at USC when he was basically mossing defenders, right? He was using his size to hit his advantage, Will the Colts with Carson Wentz give him more one-on-one opportunities in the red zone to just go over the top of some of these uh, some of these corners and some of these safeties? I think mm-hmm. if they can, that just opens this offense up so so much more. But Michael Pittman is a very nice player for Indianapolis, and the crazy thing is, we feel like he's just scratching the surface of what he can be for Indianapolis mm-hmm. now with a quarterback that really isn't isn't as limited from an arm strength standpoint or a mobility standpoint. Feel like that's just going to serve him, as with all these receivers, but especially Pittman with how unique he is compared to these other receivers, I think that could really bode well for him in the red zone and then just Mm -hmm. from a target standpoint, based off of what we saw in 2017 with Wentz to Jeffrey. So that's just something of note there. All right, another guy, Derek. I know this guy, um, we've talked about him to death up to this point in this offseason because it's a very critical year for him. He's only played in nine games so far in two years with Indianapolis. Obviously last year only played – in two games and obviously went out in that second game against Minnesota was out for the season. His knee got absolutely destroyed by Harrison Smith and you just feel bad for the guy Paris Campbell, man. But when he was healthy, he showed you a little bit of a glimpse in uh, really in week. Number one, he had about a little over 70 yards um, was, I would say probably the, what, the best wide receiver that day on the field for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And even his rookie season, when he got littered by injuries, you saw that flash, that lightning in a bottle that Paris Campbell can provide for this Colts offense when he's healthy. That's just been the issue. He just hasn't been healthy. He's had different reasons, different injuries up to this point. But we feel like if Paris Campbell can stay on the field, maybe not even for six, for 17 games, but if he can stay on the field decent amount, he's going to really change what this Colts offense can do.
1: Oh, yeah, even if he stayed, even if he was playing half the games this year. I mean, let's just say for all intents and purposes, he plays, you know, 10 out of the, let's say he plays 10 out of the 17 games. Okay, well, you know, let's go back to week one of this last year, 70 yards in one game. I mean, 10 games, he gets you 700 yards receiving or, all, any, or even like 800 yards, if you talk about all-purpose yards on the offense, I mean, yeah. that's still really great production for a guy that can be used in a multitude of different ways, which I think that, you know, that's exactly why the Colts drafted him in, in round two of the 2019 draft. You know, it's just one of those things that you're hoping that the health comes around and, you know, unfortunately last year got a very severe injury that is very unfortunate because he was looking really good and, you know, was finally healthy. And then all of a sudden, you know, just got his knee blown out. I mean, you just hope that doesn't happen again this year. Um, but he looks good out there in the mini camp. Everybody sees the videos of him making uh, very solid cuts and doesn't seem to really, you know, the, at least at there doesn't seem to be second guessing himself on whether or not he's good to go. And, he says he's a hundred percent, and you know we'll see what happens once he gets back into the uh, back into the season. You know everybody can anybody can do that kind of stuff during practices and training camp and whatnot. But you know once you get into the real game and every single move matters, you know we'll see what happens there. But again, this guy stays healthy. There is just no end to what this guy can do due to his speed.
0: Yeah, it's a completely different game when the pads are on. You know this. We know this. We both played football. Uh, but the thing for for Paris Campbell that I've always like been amazed at, just kind of hearing where his mindset is, is like how has he stayed so positive throughout this? This guy has been probably one of the more unlucky guys in the league when it comes to injuries so far. And I've just really admired how much he's really had a positive attitude throughout this because it could be super easy, man, after mm-hmm. two straight years of injuries like that, that really limits you to kind of really start feeling down on yourself or questioning yourself and questioning, am I, can I even stay healthy? You know, but Paris Campbell hasn't done that. It appears, it appears that, you know, he's really been in a good place mentally. And I think that's huge man for, for what he's going to do. And, and I think, honestly, I think about this also, how much of a help is it now that everything's pretty much open, that he can have a full, you know, year back from rehabbing where he can be, with mm-hmm. his team, right? I just wonder how much that's gonna help him out mentally as well. Yeah. And I think that's that can't be understated as well. But yeah, certainly if he can stay relatively healthy, he's gonna be a big factor in this Colts offense. I mean, I remember what you know when I was in kind of the press conference with Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, talked about Paris Campbell a little bit and and he just said, Yeah, you know, we have high hopes for this guy. Like we want him to be so involved in this offense. And I think that's what the Colts have envisioned ever since they drafted him. Just all the different ways that they can use him. So if he can stay healthy, man, the sky's the limit for this guy. Djax,
1: Djax. It's yeah. Phil- it's Philly's DJ. It's Colts Djax right here. I mean, yeah. I-, I really do believe that.
0: I really do. He, it's crazy because like he's not small, right? He's like six no, he's foot, not. He's six like foot two, one.
1: He's six foot one. So six six foot yeah, one. so he's not small. He's not small.
0: Yeah, six foot one, uh, nearly two ten. So he's got some decent size and he's got that speed. So, mm-hmm. if yeah, he's got the combination that you really like, kind of like Michael Pittman. I mean, obviously Paris Campbell's a little bit faster, Pittman's a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but these guys complement each other very, very well. I I yeah. think so. But you know, talking about um, injuries, here's a guy that's had. Really no problem with injuries. He's been probably the model of consistency out of any of these wide receivers in terms of just always being there, always being healthy, always being on the field, despite, you know, these other three guys struggling with injuries at certain points. And that's Zach Pascal. I mean, Zach Pascal, we know, one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL, certainly probably the most underrated guy here on Indianapolis in terms of the wide receivers. I mean, consistently, ever since he's been on the team, he's played in 16 games, right? And every single year, his stats have gone up. I mean, in 2018, he came on with Andrew Luck, 27 catches for 268 yards, two touchdowns. All right, pretty good. Uh, 2019, he stepped up his game even more um, and had 41 catches for 607 yards. Um, and five touchdowns, and then this last year had 44 catches for 629 yards and five touchdowns, and that's even with Ty Hilton stay relatively healthy throughout the season. So a lot of people seem to just brush Zach Pascal under the rug and think maybe, uh, you know, one of these other guys is going to take wide receiver number four. But I certainly think um, Zach Pascal is more than capable of not just be number four, but maybe even number three or number two. Like he's just been that consistent and that good for Indianapolis, and I think you know the Colts love him because obviously he's he's so consistent. He's you know really good at run blocking. He's he's really good at just about everything he does. Nothing spectacular, but he's just always been so consistent for this Indianapolis team. And uh, I mean, I think that's going to bode well for his for his new quarterback Carson Wentz in um, just needing guys like that on the roster that that are just consistently there what are your thoughts on Zach Pascal and kind of what he brings to this Colts offense and from a stability point, just what he brings.
1: Yeah. I mean, ironically enough, I mean, this guy is only 26 years old and funny enough. I mean, he's actually the sec, I believe, believe he's the second oldest uh, receiver on the roster. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I so think you're right. Kind of, What is it? I think you're right. Yeah, because yeah. I think he is. Cause I don't think there's anyone else that's above 25. No, I mean, you know, you talk about Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's 23, Paris Campbell's 23, and, you know, Doolin's 24, 25, and, you know, Desmond Patman, 23, 22, 23. I mean, this guy's going to be 27 this year. I mean, I, I we joked about it when we interviewed him. He has the same birthday as me, so that's how I remember. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it, it's weird to think that he's 27 years old, second oldest receiver on this roster. Go ask... 15 other teams, the 15 worst teams in the NFL, and you ask them if they would put Zach Pascal as their number three or number two wide receiver, I guarantee all 15 of them would say yes. Guaranteed. You see a guy who is an undrafted free agent, only 26 years old, and amongst all the issues with the Colts when it came to the Colt with the quarterback controversy and yet continues to bring you 40 to 45 catches for over 600 yards and five touchdowns, that kind of receiver, a lot of teams will tell you that is a guy that they want on their active roster out there. Not to mention the amount of times that we've seen Zach Pascal put somebody on their back when run blocking. We saw him do it with a defensive end. This, a guy, this receiver flat out put a defensive end on his butt, blocking him, okay? On a crack block. I mean, it's incredible what Zach Pascal is. And you're right, he never gets talked about, really, amongst... Even in the national media, nobody talks about him. And even amongst the Colts fan base, you know, we always talk about T.Y. We talk about Michael Pittman's resurgence. We talk about whether or not Paris Campbell's going to be healthy. But we just never seem to really bring up Zach Pascal a lot because, you know— That's kind of the curse of being, you know, relatively stable, like you mentioned, because he there isn't a lot of news around Zach Pascal. There really isn't. He's just always there. He always shows up. He does the dirty work. You know, those kinds of guys, they never get recognition until obviously someone uh, guys like us bring him up. And then, you know, everyone's like, Wow, we really appreciate Zach Pascal because of the work he's able to do, does a lot of the dirty work, and I'm super glad that. You know, Zach Paschal being as young as he is, is still going to be, you know, a, a receiver on this roster for many years to come. Uh, there's no question about that. The Colts are going to continue to keep bringing him back. So, as long as he keeps bringing us more and more, uh, more and more stats like this. So, I'm really appreciative of Zach Paschal bringing in, you know, that third, fourth spot on this roster. Um, and, like you said, from this point, we talked about all the top four guys here that we know are going to be on this. It's just all a question of who's going to round out the rest of the roster.
0: When I think about glue guys, Zach Paschal is just the prototypical glue guy for this Indianapolis team. Like, mm-hmm. I think of different guys like, you know, Jack Doyle's obviously always brought up, um, Grover Stewart's another name that's brought up, but Zach Paschal is so underrated. That I even forgot about him. But he's such a glue guy for this Indianapolis team. And whenever there's chaos around the wide receivers, that chaos is not Zach Paschal. He is always there, always consistent. We don't talk about him because really, what do you question from Zach Paschal? There's not a whole lot. There's not not. any questions at all from him, really. He's kind of proven everything that you feel like you have questions on for him. And uh, I think for the, that reason, you, you love to have a guy like Zach Pascoe on your roster, who maybe will never be an all-pro kind of wide receiver, but he's always going to be consistently there. And if you have enough glue guys like that, that could take you a long way in the NFL. So, all right. Now, this is where it gets a little bit dicey, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned the top four guys we just talked about. Now, here's where it gets a little bit like I don't know who's going to – make this number five, potentially number six, depending how many of the Colts carry. We'll obviously see in training camp and then kind of see, you know, who, who ends up on the chopping block, who makes the final 53 man who's on the practice squad. But I'm just going to name some guys that I think have a legitimate chance. That's Ashton Doolin, we already mentioned. DeMichael Harris, who saw some action. Desmond Patman, a sixth-round pick in 2020, who didn't really see the field, but the Colts seemed to like him quite a lot. Mike Strawn, who the Colts drafted this this past year in the 2021 draft. He's a physical freak, but he's still pretty raw. And then you have guys like J.J. Nelson, Tariq Black, and Tyler Vaughn, who are both undrafted rookies. Just to name a couple other guys. There's a few other guys I don't really think are going to make much noise. But out of all these guys there, kind of sifting through it, who are some guys that you think legitimately have a shot to make this roster at the back end of this wide receiver core?
1: Well, I'll definitely go with your guy, Doolin. Uh, That makes the most sense when you look at it from the perspective of he is quite often on the special teams. You've mentioned that many times last year, how yeah. Dulan was going to make the roster simply because of his ability to not only play wide receiver, but be that special team's help when they need it. And, you know, I mean, it's a toss-up between, you know, whether or not they keep six. I believe they will. You know, Demichael Harris can make some plays here and there. Um, but ultimately, I think you're you're, 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 what do I want to say this, when it comes to big play potential at that back end of that wide receiver group, you try to find a guy who you think has the potential to make a big play. And, you know, as good as the Michael Harris can be at times, and I really uh, like how they're able to use him in options and uh, trickery stuff because, you know, he's shifty and that's kind of why I like him. And that back end. But, you know, when I look at somebody who might potentially be able to take this defense or this offense to another level, I I say we have enough speedy guys already. And we already talked about how, you know, we're going to have a full running back room. You know, Naheem Hines can do that. You know, that Ashton Doolin at times can do that. Paris Campbell, if he stays healthy, is going to kind of be that guy as well. I, kind of call him the Curtis Samuel of us because you can use him in a multitude of different ways. I look for the Colts to try to bring in one of those bigger body wide receivers in some games where it just makes you a more dominant team, especially in the red zone. And I look for guys like a Patman or a Strawn to maybe find their way through at some point. Now, the Michael Harris has the experience factor in there, and that's why he's kind of, you know, the default option here. But I do anticipate the Colts, you know, maybe seeing a little bit of Strawn at some point because, I mean, Strawn has been getting some first-team reps, has been getting quite a few of them, actually. Um, I know I said in a previous video that I think he's going to spend the majority of his season on the practice squad. You know, that could potentially be a result at the start. But I think Strawn could eventually find his way in at some point if, you know, if if that granted if injuries just don't happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to round out that last spot here because there's so many different options.
0: Yeah, I mean, even a guy like Tyler Vaughn's, you know, Michael Pittman's teammate at USC. Like I've had a lot of people who have said he's going to be like really, really good. And so, you know, I just don't want to count him out either because I feel like a lot of people feel like a guy like him could potentially come, up, come in surprise in training camp. So you just – it's kind of a crapshoot for that number six wide receiver. I think, you know, obviously you mentioned Patman and Strawn. I think Patman maybe has a slight advantage right now just because he's been in the system for a year. But you know what? If, if Mike Strawn just goes and dominates like he did at the D2 level right away in training camp, I mean, the Colts may be forced to to have to put him on the roster. Like he might just earn his way to a roster spot if he can build off of what he did at college. Cause that dude was absolutely dominant. He's got every single trait you look for in a dominant wide receiver. He's got the size, he's got the speed. He's kind of like, I mean, Pittman in a way, uh, but even probably more physically gifted than Michael Pittman at this point, um, which is crazy to say because Pittman's very athletic and very, very freakish. Um, but yeah, th- that's going to be very interesting in the back end of this roster. And honestly, it's we can guess, but honestly, it could be any of these guys making that final spot. Um, I think we'd prefer one of those guys that we mentioned um, with a Patman or Strawn, but it could be a guy like a Vons or even a J.J. Nelson. Like You just don't know with that number six wide receiver spot. But I think that'll do it, Derek. I think that's a good in-depth look at this wide receiver group, just mm-hmm. around 30 minutes here. So you know we touched on a lot of different guys here. Um, but I'm curious for our listeners, what do you guys think, especially at the back end of the roster? Who do you think, potentially, in your opinion, is going to take that number six wide receiver spot if the Colts do carry six receivers? Do you think there's a potential for somebody else to take the number five? Let us know in the comments below. That'll do it for this video. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Always appreciate your support. If you're still watching this video and you haven't yet, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe button, turn on the bell so you know when we post new videos that'll do it for this one guys thanks for all you all your support and all you do and as always go colts